0: Welcome to Priestesses Prescribe, a fresh new take on a spiritual wellness podcast. Join us, Erica of Boss Bruja
1: and Alex of High Priestess of Brooklyn, as we blend astrological advice and holistic wellness through the lens of tarot for our new and full moon forecasts. We'll also bring your deeper dives into topics like what the hell happens during a Saturn return, and how to properly cleanse your space
0: now let's get spiritual
1: hello 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 <laughs> how you doing
0: <laughs> i am doing well we have an amazing guest who is absolutely phenomenal who has such an amazing story and i'm so happy that she's here
1: Me too. So excited. (laughs) Eric and I can hardly contain it. We're here with Kate Manson, founder of Tarot CBD. Eric and I are no stranger to the product, but we also happen to really love supporting Kate for what she's created in this amazing brand. Kate was actually one of the first brands that believed in me enough to let me write content back in January of this year, which feels like maybe five years ago, but also (laughs) like it was yesterday. (laughs) So Kate has a unique story. She has a background in marketing and branding and just being an overall boss and kind of turned to alternative methods to help herself get through, navigate through anxiety, navigate through difficult times, just using all holistic methods. And that is what gave her the inspiration to start Tarot CBD to help other people get on that holistic path as well. So welcome, Kate. We're so excited to have you here. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I hope I can live up to everything you guys just said. <laughs> You're living it, girl. You already are. That's how we experience you. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, Kate, just to kind of jump into your story a little bit, obviously, Eric and I know you well, but for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with your story, can you just tell us a little bit more about how you... Got started with tarot CBD.
2: For sure. So the the idea of tarot is fairly new. My work in cannabis is not. So I've been working in cannabis for about a decade. I started actually growing cannabis in 2009 in college, and that just kind of spiraled my love for the plant. You know, from there I was a sports agent for a while. I worked at Nordstrom Corporate. I worked for a retail like rental software platform, which was like the most boring job I've ever had, (laughs) and then got back into cannabis. And so with that, I was at the time partying a lot, working in cannabis, traveling around, being just this crazy VP of marketing, never sleeping, never stopping, and and completely burned myself out. And it was in a trip in Vegas a few years ago when I realized like I was making a lot of life choices that were unhealthy. That should have a timestamp on them for when you hit your mid thirties, you should probably start thinking about making healthier fixes and was also dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression and taking pharmaceuticals as well. And so just, I got back from that Vegas trip and my boyfriend looked at me and he goes, you're just really too smart and too pretty to be acting the way that you do. And I was like, well, thanks. Backhanded compliment, but it really made me look and say like, well, what am I actually doing? And so from that day forward, I started incorporating more cannabis, less alcohol, less prescription drugs, focusing on CBD, focusing on plant medicine, wholly to start managing all my anxiety and depression. I did that for about a year and started working on the tarot idea, you know, succinctly with that as I was seeing benefits in my own life, better sleep, just better skin, better, you know, just better, really everything, just more clarity. And, And through that, created Tarot in my kitchen and have now turned Tarot into a brand that you can find online and throughout retailers in the U.S. to really help people find that holistic lifestyle, you know, and I don't want to say I'm perfect because I still do occasionally have a glass of wine and I still do eat things that maybe I shouldn't, especially late at night. Um, <laughs> but you know, for the most part, it's really helped me, you know, streamline the process of my health.
1: Yeah, that, that like moment where you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow, you know, I don't even recognize myself. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing these things. I think that's a, actually a really common, like, like low point. I think that many people get to when they're finding spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm consistently thinking about the stories that I hear and like why people turn to not only alternative medicine but spirituality. Gabby Bernstein comes to mind. Like yeah. she had a very similar, like, come to Jesus moment. You know, no pun intended. I know you didn't actually come to Jesus, but, you know, hitting that point where you're like, who am I and what do I stand for is so important.
2: Absolutely. Well, and it was also like, there's not enough clinical studies and I was using Adderall every single day, sometimes more than I should, but there's not enough clinical studies to tell me what that's going to do to my body when I'm 60. Cause you know, it is basically legal myth. So you're speeding up your brain to focus and fit in and get everything done, but that's not natural. And so like, is this causing Alzheimer's? Is this going to, you know, create a dementia situation earlier than, you know, what could have been if I wasn't using this medicine? So for me, it was also just kind of terrifying. I mean, like I've been putting all this stuff in my body and we don't even know what it's going to do. And, and speaking of like properties
0: and what specific pharmaceuticals and ingredients can actually do to the body, do you mind sharing a little bit about what the health benefits are to cannabis and CBD and how incorporating them into your everyday life and your everyday practice can transform your mental spirituality, your mental wealth, your physical mm-hmm. wealth, and everything encompassing.
2: Absolutely. So on the cannabis side, I know there's a lot of people that have you know that terrible experience with cannabis. I personally have been one of them for over a decade. I actually didn't consume because it would give me anxiety. So What I realized is that I needed to focus on the dose. What I like to say is that there's a fun dose and there's a functional dose. So functionally using cannabis, you're looking at like two milligrams or less in an edible. You're looking at like one hit of a joint. And what that's doing is it's relaxing. It's helping literally relax muscles in your body. So it helps soft tissue muscle relax, like your your stomach, your intestines actually relax. If you have like gut problems, any type of IBS that helps with all those symptoms. Obviously, it has anti-inflammatory properties, helps with pain, helps with nausea. So that's the cannabis side. I use it daily, mostly at night to sleep. I do use it recreationally with friends, but I have to be like in a close circle with friends and in a comfortable space in order for it to really, you know, feel good. As far as CBD, CBD works with your endocannabinoid system, much like cannabis, which I like to say is like the freeway of your body. basically take out the blockages and help everything run more smoothly and so cbd has great anti-inflammatory properties um, helps reduce stress anxiety by mimicking serotonin and is also really easy to incorporate because it doesn't get you high so using it throughout the day is totally safe for new users you can use it you know, at 7 a.m. and still, you know, hit a meeting at 9 a.m. and you're not going to feel any different. After about two to three weeks, it starts to build up in your body. And that's when you'll start to really feel the full effects. Again, you're not going to feel high, but you're going to start to notice like, I'm dealing with stress better. I'm sleeping better. I'm managing what I'm eating better. Just all around feeling better.
1: I am so grateful to have found your CBD product as well. And I'm not blowing smoke because I'm a huge fan of CBD. I have, I've talked about this ad nauseum, I feel, but for any of those who haven't heard, I have anxiety. Um, Hello, I'm a millennial. You know, I uh, just navigate through that. I would say I can go anywhere from a one to a 10 in a given day. And usually my anxiety is stemming from something I need to prepare for public speaking when I was in more of a corporate setting or just generally like being triggered by like my husband not cleaning up his (laughs) area of the room. So that those things spike for me. So I really love tarot CBD because I'll take it and it comes in a little dropper and you can just like really control the dose. Do I need the whole? Do I need just one? Cause some CBD gives you a feeling of you actually do feel it. Mm -hmm. and to a noticeable effect which I think kind of defeats the purpose you shouldn't like totally feel like whacked in a different stratosphere when you when you take it like but it just I mean noticeably you can feel like the anxiety just kind of like lower to a point where you're like oh I don't even notice that I don't feel it anymore which is definitely the point yes absolutely. absolutely I know for me like currently TMI I worked out hard yesterday, I have my period, I am currently sitting on a bathroom floor, but I don't feel that bad, (laughs) I feel a little sore, but other than that, I'm feeling good, sitting pretty. And I think I'm gonna take a bath later with the salts.
2: Nice, nice, I know I'm about to start my period, so I'm starting to track exact symptoms every day to start to think about the hormone levels to try and get my acne under control. I'm so glad that this call is happening today not four days ago when I had this like huge sit on my nose and my whole chin was like red and angry and breaking <laughs> out. <laughs> so like, I'm now like, okay, today my boobs hurt really bad. Let's just write that down. And then like, you know, after, you know, three months, I feel like i collecting this data every day around my period and how I'm feeling. Maybe I'll then be able to incorporate either supplements or, foods that can help level out those hormones so I don't turn into a raging monster or a sobbing uncontrollable mess. (laughs) For me, that is like my period. My period is like, are you going to go up? Are you going to go down?
1: I feel the same way. I, I get that. First of all, thank you for doing that hard, important work, that data mining. And please let us know what the results are. And uh, when you're, when you're done, yeah, just, I think like we're talking a lot about being aware of like what's happening in your body. This is something that is literally happening every month, God willing for many of you. So yeah, I mean, we got to get ourselves into a really attuned state and understand like what's going on in order to supplement that or, or just simply watch it come and go. I'm like, I know that my skin glows when I'm ovulating. So like, how do I capture that forever? vitamin c oil serum vitamin c i'm like let me just write this down yeah and for me like vitamin c is too too much for my skin i have sensitive skin so like it kind of exacerbates if anything's going on with me Mm -hmm. Uh, my skin's been all sorts of funky this year same i wish i can say the same yeah you look like you're (laughs) literally glowing so just (laughs) Great, thank you so much. Thank you, you. Rubbing our face in it. Sorry, sorry.
0: So Kate, I have a question. Do you feel as if people are solely using your products for like health and wellness purposes or do you find that there are some individuals who are using it for spirituality? And the reason why I ask is because there was once upon a time when I used cannabis to reduce anxiety because I was super stressed out, a very stressful job at the time. And as I started to grow spiritually and still participate in using cannabis, it was almost like a switch. One day it was something that just relaxed me and reduced anxiety. And the next thing, it was something that was helping me connect better with my spirit guides and connect with my ancestors. So I have to be very careful about using cannabis or even CBD because now I'm going into a ritual space. Versus an anti, you know, an anti-anxiety space. So, how do you find that people are actually using your products?
2: I honestly feel like they go hand in hand because when you're making the decision to do something for yourself, even if it's small, adding CBD, adding meditation, I think that you are ultimately not necessarily becoming more spiritual, but becoming more in tune with your feelings and and what you are trying to access and what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, nobody has outright said like, this is helping me, you know, spiritually, but it's, it's helping people develop healthy habits, which I think in terms just creates a more spiritual present person in general, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And Just for the listeners who are more, again, super duper spiritually inclined, cannabis is an amazing thing. But it's also like a really great tool. I remember when I was in Aspen and like there, there are dispensaries absolutely everywhere. And one, they're amazing, (laughs) but they're everywhere. And the group of people I was with, they were constantly saying like, hey, like, you know, take this edible, like join us. And I had to tell them, like, I can't because the next thing you know, I'm going to be hearing the voices of the trees. And I don't necessarily know if we're down for, you know, a wilderness seance right now. <laughs> so so, so I, I I can't participate. <laughs> well, I wasn't down for that in that moment. <laughs> like not, yeah. not
1: today, tomorrow. Maybe we're, we can all be down for that another right. time. We'll schedule yeah. the, the, that because that sounds like fun. I actually, I want to definitely get your take too, Kate, because I know that you not only use CBD and cannabis in your daily routine to tap in to yourself or like manage what what's going on in your body. You also use some other things. So can you tell us about <laughs> what else you employ? Yes. So I am a big believer in plant
2: medicine. I love psilocybin mushrooms. I think that if you have not tried them in low doses and macro doses, it's definitely something that's going to change your life. I microdose mushrooms. So, what that looks like is you're taking around 0.25 to like 0.5 milligrams every three days for a 90 day cycle. And then you take 60 days off and then you do it again. What they say is that mushrooms help reconnect the broken wires in your brain. What I feel when I take them is just a general sense of calm and euphoria. You're not high necessarily there will be like a little peak right when it kicks in and you're like oh I forgot I took that but after that you just have this really positive energy sometimes i cry a lot because it just helps you release things that you're holding on to if you're going to macrodose mushrooms which i have done as well and i've taken ayahuasca as well that is more of a journey where you really have to be personally prepared to face your shit <laughs> like You have to go into that knowing that you're going to see things that are going to make you uncomfortable and you are going to have to deal with them, you know, either in that moment or reflect on them afterwards. I did ayahuasca a few years ago. Backstory, I had a really traumatic childhood just with a lot of abuse and my sister passing away and just, you know, a a lot of baggage and just was really ready to, to say goodbye to my sister. And so through this ayahuasca journey, which was like nine hours in a house with people I didn't know on the coast of Washington that I found on Facebook, (laughs) I, you know, was able to look at every single memory of her and I as a Polaroid and, like, talk to her and, like, really have this spiritual moment where I knew she was okay. Like, finally, 15, 20 years later, I was like, my sister is fine. Like, she needs me to get over this shit and, like, walk away from it. So, you know, just continuing that, continuing that with mushrooms, I, you know, did the same thing with mushrooms after that, where I was like, well, I really want to see see the whole picture. And this is always funny when I say it, but I turned into a cactus for like eight hours. And as that cactus, I watched just the sunrise and set hundreds of times. And what it taught me was like, we're so small that like everything that we're doing, it doesn't actually really matter. We just need to enjoy what we're doing and live in that moment and pay attention to our surroundings. So, you know, there's things like that, that you would never even recognize without plant medicine. Some people will just be like, oh, you were just high out of your mind and that was that. And they can think that. But for me, it was this moment of like clarity, healing, pushing trauma back, and then
1: learning and growing from that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that too. Because yeah, like you said, it's it's basically giving yourself permission to go into whatever depth you need to explore. And of course that's uncomfortable. That's not what we do on a day-to-day basis. And most to tie in what you were talking about earlier, most of us are just kind of masking feeling like we're going throughout our day and like going, going, going. And, you know, the pandemic has definitely given us a lot of time to like sit with our thoughts and all of that. But if you want to sit even further into your shit, No pun intended because mushrooms grow and shit, Exactly, (laughs) but you can experience that or euphoria or, you know, the expansiveness, like you said, it just sort of intensifies whatever you either have identified you'd like to work on or that you have not worked on and would come to the surface in your psyche.
2: Well, for me too, it was like I had gone to therapy for years, I think for like over a decade and I had tried antidepressants and tried all of these things and there was still a block and I couldn't get past that. And so I used plant medicine as a tool to finally break down the last little bit of a wall so that I could actually get in there and say like, okay, today's the day that I'm like facing this. Because when you're doing therapy, you're only getting as much out of it as you're putting in. And you still have that human connection where like sometimes you're talking to that therapist and even though they're your therapist, you still don't want them to judge you. So you're like, I'm not going to quite tell you the whole story or I'm going to hold back a little bit. So with mushrooms and with ayahuasca, you can't hold back. Like they're in there and they're telling you like too bad. Like you can't keep this from me. So it's a really interesting experience. I think everybody should try it once, but definitely be prepared to, to see some things and to deal with some things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Perfect.
0: What I think is beautiful for a brand like Tarot, but I think we're all kindred spirits in the way that we really, really utilize plant medicine, psychedelics, and those kinds of products to heal ourselves. Um, I think it's amazing that we're now in a generation that we're not afraid to tell people that we use them and that they actually have amazing healing properties. And using this thing in addition to therapy, in addition to your practitioner, you can heal your wounded inner child. You can come face to face with trauma. So it's very beautiful just in general that these products exist and that we're actively having conversations about how you can tangibly heal Mm -hmm. using this specific tool in addition to so many other things.
2: I'm also like a firm believer that we've gotten ourselves into the situation we're currently in politically from the previous generation, not wanting to talk about, you know, religion or politics. So now that we are kind of shifting and actually having those hard conversations, I think as a whole, as a generation, as a world, we're going to start to see a positive change because we're not afraid to talk about taboo topics anymore. And so that's my hope. Like, out of the pandemic, we're going to walk away from this and go, okay, well, we need to be talking about wages, race, inequality, how women are treated, like how we treat my, uh, immigrants and minorities, like that needs to be a conversation that we're having constantly.
1: Right. So like as a metaphorical hit of psilocybin or <laughs> ayahuasca as a, a general collective, we are waking up to the to the the underbelly to what we've escaped or what we've pushed away. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I mean speaking of you you mentioned this too. I think you know we're right around the holidays, end of the year. People all over the place are thinking about potentially going home, not going home, encountering their family members in some way shape or form which can trigger all sorts of things from childhood or just from this past year alone when you're disagreeing with your family members. A big reason why Erica and I wanted to talk to you around this time of year too is because you have a very different approach to what the holidays and what rituals mean to you around this time. So can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Absolutely. So I have not celebrated Christmas in a traditional sense in almost 10 years. I don't have a personal relationship with either of my parents. So going home isn't really an option. And so I've always either surrounded myself with friends or now that I have a partner, we've created new rituals. So every Thanksgiving, I cook us a meal no matter where we are. So we've done it in a yurt, we've done it camping. This year, we did it in this like, really sketchy Airbnb that only had a microwave and I somehow like, Made a turkey dinner or stove outside, so like that was Thanksgiving for Christmas. We'll probably, you know, we always just try and turn it into an event rather than what traditional Christmas looks like. So, I think this year, you know, I do buy gifts for my goddaughter and godson, and I buy my sister a little something, usually something silly. This year, I'm buying her like these <laughs> slippers that are made for foot pain, even though she's 26. <laughs> you know, my my partner and I are going to turn our phones off for a few days and and go enjoy Christmas and Christmas to us is different, but it's also still about togetherness and about celebrating, you know, love and connection.
1: That's beautiful. Number one, I hope Kate, your sister, isn't listening to this episode because (laughs) the surprise is ruined.
2: I already asked her because I needed to know her shoe size. So we're good.
1: Okay, great.
2: (laughs) And
0: Kate, speaking about triggers and the holiday season, we actually had a conversation on Instagram Live just about this idea of creating new rituals, but then also being able to identify when there's some kind of seasonal trauma, holiday trauma. So my question for you is, when did you specifically know that it was time for you to adjust and shift your ideas about the holiday and then from there create a new tradition for yourself and for you?
2: So, I mean, I would say, Some of my earliest memories of Christmas were all centered around capitalism, which sounds really bad, but my mom would buy us the most elaborate gifts, but gifts for herself and not really for you. And so you would give your mom this Christmas list and instead of getting, I think one year instead of getting a cell phone, which I was like 16, she bought me a diamond bracelet and I was like, this is a very strange thing and she was so upset but I didn't love it. And I was like, I'm 16 years old. I don't need a t- tennis bracelet. All of my friends have cell phones. Like... And then I like went to another friend's house and like noticed just how happy their family was and how it wasn't this like stress built up around this idea of gift giving and outdoing each other. And that's like, as a young kid, I was like, well, we're doing this wrong. But you know, I think it's really when I started putting boundaries between my parents and myself because our relationship is not healthy. That I started realizing that I didn't have to partake in the holidays in the way that I was brought up to do. And so it's, you know, that that trigger of just everything is about the rushing around about buying gifts and that's the most important piece. That's like the real trigger for me. So even in like non-holiday seasons, when people buy me gifts, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Like gifts to me are not love, they're just a way to show somebody that they kind of like owe you something. So gifting is a trigger, so no gifts for me. (laughs) (laughs) but I I think it's been about a decade. I also dated somebody for a very long time that was Jewish. So that just made it incredibly easy to just avoid Christmas and start a different tradition with his family as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the point, like you said, is not about the gifts. You know, that has been in recent developments, what Christmas looks like. And I can somewhat agree. I think that there's some element of in our family gifts, gifts are love and it and i think it's sort of informed my love language because i really love to give gifts but it's more what i realize now that my parents were trying to do was to they really loved to watch us open the gifts and to like they did get us things that we wanted so there's that one distinction <laughs>
2: Sound like a spoiled brat, like that sounded really bad. But my parents would also hold gifts over your head, so like if they bought you something, it was a tool to use later to manipulate you or to make you feel bad about an action. So, oh, well, I did that for you, so you should be doing this. And so, those gifts were always used against you later. And we grew up really poor, so then all of a sudden, as we came into money in my teenage years. It was like this weird, I always think of like the new rich lottery winners. Like that was my family where they were just buying the most random stuff. And you're just like, just stop. Like we were so good before this. And now we're like trying to fit into this, you know, idea of American, like happy life. And, and it doesn't work for us. Like we were so much happier before this came in. So I don't want to sound spoiled. I still have the bracelets. I have no idea what to do with it. I never wear it, but I can't get rid of it. It's just this weird thing.
1: Yeah, well, no, I I totally understand. I think there's a big distinction between giving gifts because you want to, and that has no monetary value on it. Like gifts, if, if that is your love language, I think sometimes people have like a kind of a weird initial reaction to that because what we've equated that in our capitalist culture is spending money. And it's really could be any sort of thoughtful exchange of like, hey, I got your favorite candy bar at the store. It's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a large monetary amount. But that is, it's a good point because everybody in a family dynamic is going to be different. Even though you all grew up in the same environment, there are certain triggers that you have that maybe your sister does or doesn't have, or you know your mom grew up in the way that she grew up, and so she brings that to the table. Same with your father, whoever you know. If you're listening, like what what is going on in your family dynamic? So just having some sort of an empathy and awareness around not everybody's really super comfortable with opening the gift in front of anyone else, or whatever the case may be. Just sort of adapting your expectations around what that looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of John Bradshaw and he is an amazing spiritual psychologist and he talks a lot about um, the family dynamic is very similar to its own community or its own country and it's only until you go outside of your family outside of your sort of country to experience someone else's that you see the trauma that you can see the effect that your family has had on your psyche and then it creates this wounded inner child. And then from there all throughout your life, you're just trying to heal the chaos that happened within your own community. So one thing that I do think, one, it's really amazing that you've been able to identify the ways in which your family created some kind of trauma for you and consistently and willing to, to heal that. And I think if we can all do a lot more of that, that we would rid ourselves of guilt and shame. And I'm, I'm happy there's a new conversation about family and sort of being able to identify a narcissistic mother, being able to state that, you know, I had an abusive father, being able to communicate that, hey, you know, my grandparents were actually my, my parents and not necessarily my biological parents. So it, it, it keeps this conversation of health and wellness moving forward in such a taboo subject, like you spoke about earlier, like this consistent awakening. And just so that people can know that, hey, you don't have to go about these traditions in the way that you've always had, or society and capitalism have taught you to do so, is a very liberating experience as a whole.
2: Mm -hmm. I've always kind of forged my own path in how I do things. I'm sure I was also difficult as a teenager in that regard because I was very headstrong. But now as an adult, just talking about, you know, Like Alex, you just got married. I think about getting married and I wonder what a wedding would look like without parents. Like, who goes to that? What does that look like? How do I shape this wedding without family there? Is it just friends? Do I even have a wedding? Like, you know. So, but also being able to have those conversations and then have them with my partner, have them with my friends, and not have it be this weird, like again, taboo conversation where it's just like, well, we'll be there to support you regardless. Like, that's kind of what I've worked towards. To get where I am now is to just surround myself with people that support me, other, whatever those decisions are. Um, so I'm using just marriage and, and weddings as a tradition too. Like I guess for anybody listening, it's it's really I never understand a family dynamic or a trigger situation that gets you into this mood or into this anxious cycle. And you keep doing it based off of what's, you know, supposed to be done. Like, that's a choice. You have a choice to disconnect from your family. You have a choice to not go to Christmas and celebrate it your own way. Yes, somebody's going to be upset, but they're going to be more upset with themselves than with you. So I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time. I think that we're all just evolving into our own, own, you know, ideas right now. and Routines and rituals have
1: just been completely shit on this year. So
2: I think this is like a good year to
1: experiment with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point too. Uh, if you're not going home for the holidays or you're staying local or whatever that looks like, you are, it's completely at your own will to create or recreate anything that worked for you from your childhood or not. And I know for us, like we've never gotten a Christmas tree. So we did get a Christmas tree this year. And I was just thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take my frugal self out of this and I'm not traveling or anything. Like, what do I want? Do I want a fake tree? Cause it's easier. Do I want a real one? Cause it smells good. We ended up going that route. Like what, what ornaments do we get? Like, it was fun for us to be like, this is just ours and we're picking it out and we're doing this ritual and we're taking it home on a city bike and whatever <laughs> that looks like for us. And it's just like creating this life that that you want, yeah, and you're right, Kate, this, this year is going to kind of force people to, to make their own holiday experience regardless of any outside triggers. So I hope that's liberating for many of you. I know it's been, uh, even though we're gonna spend it with my husband's family that lives in Queens, it is liberating for us.
0: I do have one question, another question for you, Kate. When you spoke about this idea of the freedom to choose, essentially, right? what keeps you going with that mindset? Because the reality of the situation is there are probably a lot of us who want to break free from family traditions or our, our childhood rituals, but we just don't know how. There's like a fear there. There's a block there. What has been the thing or the consistent maybe affirmation or reminder to you that keeps you on a track of authenticity, which is something that so many of us struggle with?
2: For me, it was breaking the cycle. So watching my mother have a lot of mental health issues, she also is an alcoholic, I love my grandma dearly, but she is also an alcoholic who has some mental health issues and who cannot be, you know, always kind, her mom was the same way. And so for me, it was, I could see myself easily going down that path. I like to say that I quit drinking because I'm too good at it, (laughs) because I don't have a problem with alcohol per se but I can continue to drink and get things done and I'm totally functioning and it does not inhibit my day to day, but also it's a problem because I can keep doing it and keep doing it. For me it was, I couldn't break that cycle with that energy in my life. I couldn't focus on myself when somebody was trying to manipulate who I was and my happiness. So, you know, that for me was a big piece. There was also, you know, the first time that I really took a step back from my family. There was a triggering event where I said, I'm not enabling you anymore. I'm not going to be there for you until you get help. And I was the only person that stuck to that. But I would also say that I'm one of the happier people in my family because I did what was right for me and didn't support that person in harming themselves.
0: The authenticity or the answer basically to that question is wanting to be the change. There's a really great quote that I love. It it, it goes "Uh." All the birds could be flying in the wrong direction. And we never think about that, right? We think that, oh, the wind is blowing this way. We're all walking right. Therefore, let's keep going that way. That's something about that has to be correct. But to know that like, we have options, we have choices, there's a freedom and expansion of the mind to say no, to set boundaries, to acknowledge the trauma, to call it out, to to make conscientious decisions about not participating. It's 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 very revolutionary, and it's but at the same time, it's very on trend <laughs> for right now and the season in which we're in. And again, I I can't just keep saying enough that your ability to one identify, be aware, acknowledge the trauma, make different habits, and heal yourself, and consistently doing so, right? It's a never ending, it's a never ending story. But just I I feel your energy, and I feel your story, and just to know that. Um, you know, our upbringing is, it's not an excuse for not doing something different. It's it's imperative that we do.
2: Absolutely. And I would say that it's like obviously not the easiest path to take. It can be lonely. I, you know, have not had financial support of any type from my parents since I left their house at 17. I, you know, have basically paved my own way for almost two decades. It's lonely sometimes. It's hard. But at the same time, I have to go back to that, like, mental state of what it felt like to have my happiness controlled by somebody else. And that's why I keep doing it is I'm just like, I'm not going to, I can't go back to that. It would be easier to go back. It would fit in with every, what everybody wants me to, to do, but I'm not going to do it because my happiness is worth more. So, I mean, it takes time and courage and people are going to be unhappy with you. Like my sister is always like, can you just like deal with this? Can you just talk to her? And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to, like, here are my stipulations, here's what I've rolled out for them, here's how we can work on our relationship if it's going to come to that. And it's not always, I mean, like I said, it's not fun, it's not easy, but for me, it's what I need. It doesn't work for everybody, but it it works for me right now. It might not work for me in 10 years. (laughs) But, you know, my feelings might change, and that's also really great to have that control and power as well as to be able to change my mind and to, you know, make those decisions as they
1: come. Yeah. That's super powerful. Just to have agency over your own life and your decisions and to also keep the fear at bay, the fear of what does it mean if I don't have a relationship with my family? Will I be judged for that? You know, I think that was, I don't want to necessarily speak for you. That's what I experienced in therapy when I was working through. I don't have a relationship with my mother. She is very much alive. Is she well? No, but I over time have dealt with a lot of feelings of like guilt and shame around not having a relationship with my mother, especially as a woman. I think there's, we've, you know, we've obviously bonded over that. Like there's a real, there's a real element to us that we've had to be our own mother and be our own maternal figure in the face of someone who is inhibited by substances or inhibited by their own emotional access that that's what I experienced. My mother is unable to show emotion, unable to show vulnerability. When I talked to her on the phone, which is virtually like around our birthdays, she's April 20th and I'm May 29th. So it's like a month apart. I always have anxiety around that time. Cause I know that like, we're going to have to have that obligatory phone call and she doesn't ask about my life. She doesn't know that I even got engaged or married. And I And because she's not involved, there's no point in engaging with that because that's just not what our relationship is. So just being comfortable accepting that and, like, what that actually means is just so personal. And who gives a shit if people judge you for that? Or it doesn't mean anything, really, at the end of the day. You have to just make the choice that's right for you. And you would do that with a friend that's not supportive.
2: And that's what I always say is, like, I have – so many amazing friends. And I have had amazing friends in the past that, you know, did things to me that hurt. And those people are no longer in my life. And if your family is doing the same thing, it's time to evaluate that and look at it as a friendship as well. If anything, I'm closer to some of my friends and family. And I think a lot of people are. And if they did something like my family had done to me, they would instantly be like out of my circle. So like, why do we keep this toxic energy just because we share blood? Like, it doesn't make sense. At least it doesn't make sense to me. If somebody if somebody can make it make sense, like
1: let me know. <laughs> well, it just implies this inherent lack of of empathy or understanding for the other person. Like just because you're family doesn't mean you can treat people however you want. So shoe on the other foot, if you're never evaluating who you are and you just expect people to be around you, that does enable bad behavior. It enables whatever behavior works for you. And that is not how the world works. Exactly. Not at all. One thing that my experience is a little bit
0: different in the sense of there is like an, being a woman of African descent, there's like an inherent disrespect if you cut off family members. Like it, it's almost, it's, it's, it's taboo in, in many communities, but it's almost as if because, you know, the mother, the, the reverence of, of black women and in the, in the family is sort of having to consistently hold it together. Because of so many systemic things, this notion of being disrespectful is like death, like literal death. And it, it could mean that depending upon the kind of mom that you that you have. <laughs> it, it's, I'm just happy that there's a conversation happening that's liberating and giving the people the ability to consistently choose themselves. And that's the thing, when, when you grow in self-love, when you grow in self-worth, when you, when you have therapy, when you see plant medicine as a tool, as, as, as a blessing and gift from the universe and using it to heal yourself, to, to correct certain things, to enlighten yourself, to bring about more spiritual awakening and just an overall sense of actual and metaphoric and spiritual euphoria, it changes your life. It changes your life. So just to know that there's, there, you are out here doing amazing work just in your day to day life. But then also you're bringing something like tarot to the forefront to give people access to tools that they may never have used before is just a phenomenal thing. And I want to say that your CBD oil is the best tasting CBD oil I've ever had in my entire life. CBD tastes like weird sometimes but pure orange goodness in your mouth. It's like amazing, (laughs)
2: amazing. We worked really hard to get the flavors right because I had tried some really whack CBD oil as well. And I was just like, this has to taste good and work for people to really get behind it. Not everybody loves the taste of raw cannabis plant extract. So how can we make this more (laughs) acceptable? but also digestible for as many people as possible.
0: Just one, I guess, one takeaway, or not takeaway, a a final question for you. Is there any piece of wisdom or guidance that you'd like to offer to the priestess's prescribed community during this holiday season?
2: Just do what feels good for you in the moment. I think listening to yourself and being true to yourself and doing what is right for you, even if it isn't right for the people around you, it, it's going to make number one people respect you more, but it's also going to weed out the acquaintances and and the people in your life who are not there for the right reasons. So really, just being true to yourself, doing what what's necessary for you to get through the holidays and get through the amazing twenty twenty one, because it's going to be so much better than twenty twenty. <laughs> we can't wait. By comparison alone, it will. Yeah, I'm like it's already feeling a little better. Yeah. So. Like, let's just keep this going. Like, let's just breathe in 2021 and just, like, forget this, that this year happened and just move forward and continue the conversation, but positively, cohesively connected.
1: Yes. Connected is a great way to describe it. We're moving into the age of Aquarius. This is the time in which to think about innovation and revolution and connectivity for the broader, greater global community. So Well said. I'm glad that you're feeling that way too. It means that as above, so below, astrology is working as it always is. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kate. It's been an absolute pleasure and happy holidays, whatever that means for you. (laughs) Happy holidays
2: too, as well. I know we didn't get to hear what Erica's doing for the holidays, but I'll catch up with you after this. Now I want to know what everybody does so that we can start having a conversation about what holidays look like
1: yeah for sure this is to be continued literally every year multiple times a year so <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about it again
0: and kate where can people find you
2: and your products they can find the products on instagram at Terra cbd or on the website tara Great.
1: great we'll include those in the show notes as well if you guys haven't noticed we've been sharing in the show notes a code to receive some monies off for your first order so please we'll we'll tag it again but if you haven't tried it yet you're missing out i'll
2: give you a code for that seriously
1: oh that'd be great okay amazing i can do that okay well (laughs) thank you thank you kate erica listeners danielle yeah
0: (laughs) thank you until next time see
1: you next year